G'day, my name's Brock Cook and welcome to Occupied. In this podcast, we're aiming to put the occupation in occupational therapy. We explore the people, topics, theories and underpinnings that make this profession so incredible. If you're new here, you can find all of our previous episodes and resources at OccupiedPodcast.com. But for now, let's roll the episode. Hi team, how are we? Firstly, a massive thank you for your patience with regards to the issues I had last month. I'm going to make it up to you this month. I absolutely guarantee it. Uh, So thank you. I get a lot of messages saying it's cool, it happens, uh, and I truly appreciate your, your patience and your support. Through what was a rather frustrating time, no one really expects their uh, computer. It's surprising how much you sort of rely on it. Like everything is based out of this one little machine. So when it disappears, it creates an issue. But that kind of brings me on to, it kind of feeds into a, a little bit about the topic I want to have a chat about uh, today. And that's independence. Uh, this is a bugbear that I've sort of been toying with for years. Um and I'd never really done a bit, any kind of deep dive into, well, why does this annoy you so much? Uh, and what does the research actually say about it? Uh, I'm of the belief... I, okay, we'll, we'll start at the very start. It's not uncommon for people to include the concept of independence in their defining of the profession. Um, even just a quick Google search of independence and occupational therapy. Let's have a look. The definition that comes up on Google is occupational therapists are professionals who help individuals reach or reach for or return to independence following an illness, injury, or disability. That's pretty common i've seen a lot of people say that about how their job is to get people back independent and you know independent this independent that independence always the goal etc 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 and it's always bugged me and to start with like early in my career i never really knew why it just I never felt like what i was doing or the goals that i was working towards with the people that i worked with were centered around independence, I guess. Later on in a discussion with an Indigenous colleague, um, probably I would have been six, seven years into my career, they highlighted the point, and I I had known this, although it never sort of clicked, I never put the two together, that Indigenous families operate as a whole. So everyone has their job, everyone has their things that they do for the family, and sort of when one cog is out of action, the machine doesn't work as well. Um, And that isn't uncommon for non-Western cultures. And all of a sudden when they said that, it kind of clicked. I'm like, well, independence isn't always the goal for everyone. Even if we are setting our profession up to default to that, 
it means that we're once again doing a disservice to at least non-Western cultures, if not anyone who doesn't sort of have it as a high priority. Some of those cultures that are very family-orientated as opposed to individual-orientated, their goal is to get back to their family, to get back into their roles and occupations that are there to support the family unit as a whole, as opposed to being able to be independent. So that was the first thing where I was like, oh, wait, that partially explains why some of that concept bugs me. But the other thing is, what is independence? And I think most people have it in their head like, oh, I can, you know, look after myself or I can do these things for myself. When in reality, we're very dependent on each other, whether we like to admit it or not. There are very few people listening to this, I could almost guarantee that, grow their own food. Therefore, you are dependent on someone else doing that. That changes the occupation of getting food. Because if you had to grow it, or you had to slaughter your own animals, or you had to mill your own flour, etc., that's a very different occupation from you having to go to the supermarket and pick some up. So we're, we're not independent, no matter how independent, in quotation marks, that we believe that we are. And the same goes for every aspect of life. We have housing that I doubt any of you built the house that you're living in. We have uh, transport. I know I didn't build my car uh, or invented the car in order to build the car. Um, I didn't even uh, make the fuel that goes in the car. So I'm very dependent on others, even to the point of others that I've never met in my life and probably never will, in order to function in the way society is shaped that I need to function in order to do the occupations that I need to do, i.e. my job, my social activities, etc. So I'm never completely independent. And that was the other part of it that kind of bugged me, is there's no... It's kind of like an open-ended statement about... But it doesn't really mean anything. It's uh, If you've ever heard... Um, there's a saying like if you say, say, I love you too much to someone, it loses its meaning. The same thing I feel, obviously that's a bit of a, an emotive <laughs> um, example, but the same thing happens with independence. If I, yep, we're going to be independent, you're going to be independent, we're going to do this to get independence, we're learning to be independent. It, we're just throwing it out there as a buzzword. It loses its meaning, i.e. we're not saying anything. In this definition, when we're saying we help individuals reach or return to independence, what does that mean? Are we teaching people to farm? Are we teaching people to hunt animals? Like, what does that mean? And that's, I guess, the basis for why I wanted to have a quick look into the research. and. I'm going to be honest, it's not extensive. 
looking at this concept of independence. There's a lot of articles that mention it. A lot of articles that mention, say, the OTs that they were interviewing for the topic talked about independence, etc. But there's not a lot examining, I guess, the from a, an occupational science perspective or an underpinnings perspective, what it actually is. Now, one that I did find is called Understanding Independence, in quotations, as in the concept, Perspectives of Occupational Therapists. Uh, and I'll throw a link to it in the show notes. Um, but it's in the Journal of Disability and Rehabilitation. It's from 2007. But it seemed to be the best fit for what I was looking for. And it, in it through the, the research, through the, the project, uh, they interviewed a number of OTs from a couple of different cultures, Canada and Japan in this instance. Uh, trying to get uh, a couple of, I guess, different uh, perspectives on this concept of independence. Anyway, I won't go through the whole thing. You can read it on your on your own. But uh, the results were interesting because the results concluded that they actually the the OTs identified three different uh, understandings of independence. So the first one was independence as competence, as in it. the therapist viewed it as um, the person being independent was competent in whatever that skill. So the competence was assigned to a skill. So you were independent in dressing, you were independent in driving, you were independent in etc., etc., so it was, uh, I guess, taglined with competence, which is interesting because competence means competence. I don't know if the independence really needs to be in there. Like if you're competent with dressing, you're competent with dressing. Yeah, anyway. The second one was independence, as we probably commonly think of it, uh, independence uh, as autonomy, as in that you're independently able to do things. Um, so able to do things on your own. And I think that's the, the commonly understood definition and I, the one that originally was bugging me greatly around this topic, around this concept. And the third one is interesting, and I, I'm, I'm still working on getting my head around it, um, how it differentiates from uh, the first one, but it's independence as psychological qualities. So, and how it describes that is the third perspective, uh, which was independent, from independence, was considered, was considered was to see it as a collection of certain psychological qualities Psychological qualities are relatively stable characteristics of a person's internal experience, person's reactions, and mechanisms that account for patterns of behavior. After reviewing all the comments from about psychological qualities, it became clear that they deal with three different attributes, initiative, deliberateness, and a sense of control. So it was looking at independence more, to me, I interpret that as almost... Uh, 
a perceived competence. So if you've got initiative and you've got deliberateness, as in purpose, I would probably call that. Uh, there's no nothing in there explaining how it differentiates from purpose. Um, and a sense of control, as in your locus of control, that would indicate a perceived confidence, a perceived uh, independence, I guess, in being able to complete certain tasks. Now, it wouldn't necessarily be global. It would still be associated with um, certain uh, occupations, same, same as the independence as competence um, as spoken about earlier but it's looking more at the psychological side of it as opposed to the pursuit of mastery side of it or the skills-based side of it that the competence one was. It goes on to talk about initiative being defined as the power or ability to begin or to follow through energetically with a plan or task, enterprise or determination. So it's very much looking at that self-drive that motivation, um, which again, I, I can't, without reading like the whole transcript of the interviews, I'm not conceptualizing hugely how they've come to, I, I agree that the psychological qualities um, are important. Uh, and I also agree that they need to be there, for instance, with regards to the competence, because you're not going to be competent if you don't think you can be competent, in a nutshell. But as their standalone um, concept within, or concept as independence, I'm yeah, I'm struggling with this one a little bit, which is interesting. So obviously, the, there's some stuff that. Uh, it might be my professional opinion bias, my 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 uh, confirmation bias that is making it more difficult for me to understand this. But it's interesting just globally seeing that they're identifying independence in multiple ways. Now... Does that help explain things for me on terms of why uh, certain OTs think that independence is our core thing? No. No. I'd have to say, and obviously this is a preliminary no, I am going to do more research into this because it is very interesting to me, but I, I still think that putting independence either collectively with all three of these different aspects to it or even individually looking at independence as one of these three aspects putting it as our core focus potentially could be dangerous and damaging not only to the clients that we're working with but also the profession itself do i think there's a better way 100 percent. i don't think we need to prioritize independence at all I think if we are really skilled at engaging with our clients, finding out what they want, learning about their cultural beliefs, their values, which I'll probably do another episode this month on values because I just can't hammer home enough how important that is to the profession. 
Um, but if we're if we're focusing on that stuff, then if independence in any three of these forms or a completely different form that I haven't spoken about is important and valued by that individual and the goals that that individual sets are targeted at independence, no matter what the definition of it, then sweet, that's what you're aiming for. But I think it's dangerous for us to assume no matter what the goal is, that it's going to be a goal for any individual right off the bat before we've done any intervention or anything with them, even if we haven't even met them or spoken to them yet. If we decide that everybody needs to be able to complete ADLs independently or just in general, that's a dangerous assumption for us because there's going to be people out there that, one, have other mechanisms for getting those completed for them, be that family, friends. Um, there's some that they probably just don't even have in their life, depending on their living situation and their cultural situation. But us assuming that everyone needs to be able to do that just is wrong. Like if I was to assume that everybody needed to drive, I would be wrong. And I don't think there's anyone, hopefully, listening or otherwise, that would not go, Brock, you're being stupid. Not everyone needs to drive. I feel like it's the same correlation with independence. Not everyone needs, by default, and I'm talking about default here because this is how we're framing what we do, by default, not everyone needs to be independent or to aim for independence, no matter how you frame the actual concept itself. So... Is it important to the to the profession? I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say no. It's not important to the profession unless it's important to the client. If it's important to the client, then it's important to us. If it's not important to the client or not relevant to the client, then it's not important or relevant to us. That's about as here is I can make my thoughts on independence. Um, I I know that it's it used to be a lot more prevalent. Um, you can Google or, or have a look on Instagram or any of your socials, and you will see OTs promoting their ability to uh, get people back to independent living and independent this and independent that. And that's you know, not my monkeys, not my circus, but. From a professional point of view, we are doing our clients a disservice by prioritizing things for them as opposed to prioritizing what's important to them. So I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to ramble on too long. Let me know what your thoughts are around independence. Uh, I'll, I'll put the link up or the, the reference up for this article if you wanted to have a look through. Uh, and if you know any others or you have any other insights into this, this concept of independence, well, how do you use it in your work? Um, let me know, and uh, let's start the discussion. I'll talk to you guys real soon. Bye. If you liked this episode and want to check out more, head over to OccupiedPodcast.com or search Occupied Podcast in your favorite podcasting app. If you have thoughts or reflections on the topics discussed today, please do get in contact. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, if 
you got some value from this and you want to help us out, like, subscribe, share it with a friend. Remember, be good to yourself, be good to others, and always keep occupied.